When sharing your faith with a Latter-day Saint, it helps to know what their church has taught on several basic topics. For this reason, Mormonism Research Ministry has provided its Crash Course Mormonism. Crash Course Mormonism includes concise articles highlighting what LDS leaders and church manuals have taught on issues that will probably come up in a typical conversation. You can find these informative articles at CrashCourseMormonism.com. That's CrashCourseMormonism.com. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Aaron Shafawalaf, my colleague at MRM. We're talking about evangelism. We're talking about sharing our faith with those who are members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as we mentioned in yesterday's show, Aaron likes to make it a point to go with a group of other believers down to Provo, Utah. That's in Utah County, the home of Brigham Young University, and share their faith with those who happen to be in the area. And he's got a lot of incredible uh, stories to tell. And we find that sometimes sharing these stories is an encouragement to other believers because it gives you a little bit of window as to what to expect when you do step out in faith and want to share your faith with a Latter-day Saint. So, Aaron, let's just jump right into this. This is an example of what happened to you when you were sharing your faith down in Provo, Utah. Yeah, let me first say I'm so encouraged that in Utah right now we have believers that are weekly engaging the lost at the Salt Lake City Temple, at the Provo City Center Temple, uh, on a sidewalk adjacent to the BYU campus, and at the Ogden Temple. As far as I understand, every week we have believers doing street evangelism uh, in three different major areas in Utah, at least there. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a part of that. We were at the Provo City Center Temple, and we had too many believers <laughs> working with us doing evangelism. So uh, a few of us went instead to a corner near the, the campus of BYU, and I got to talk to Noah. And I asked Noah... Uh, where he had served his LDS mission, and he had served it in Paraguay. So I asked him, what do you think is the most important difference between the Latter-day Saint faith and historic Christianity? And he said it was continuing revelation. I think that's probably one of the most common responses I get. Yeah, that's that's pretty common, all right. Now, I, I don't actually think that that's a really good uh, launch point for discussing differences. Uh, Here's how I handled that. I asked, from continuing revelation, what teaching has most differentiated the LDS church from historic Christianity? In other words, out of continuing revelation, what doctrine or teaching concretely has most differentiated these two religions? And he replied further that it was priesthood authority. So he believed that the LDS church alone had the authority passed down through ritual ordinances to baptize, to be a a legitimate church, to send out official missionaries, 
and to represent Christ. So the LDS church alone in his view can send out legitimate missionaries, can officiate legitimate baptism and so forth because it has priesthood authority. And he's thinking about this in terms of uh, ordaining men through ritual ordinances. So I asked him about how Jesus authorized and officiated, as it were, in the New Testament. How does Jesus authorize, how does Jesus pass down authority, as it were, in the New Testament? So we talked about how Jesus verbally authorizes using his mere words in the Bible. And that is enough, that was enough to forgive and to heal and to name and to send and to commission disciples. What I typically do in that kind of conversation is walk through Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9, showing examples of how Jesus did this. And it was typically not through touch. And uh, we talked about the doctrine of the Word of God, that the Word of God for Christians, it doesn't have an evanescent, fading, uh, diminishing authority. It's not like milk on the shelf. It doesn't expire. It's not like the breath that goes out of my mouth that dissipates into the air and falls into the ground. When God speaks a word, that word remains forever living and active and infinitely authoritative. So when Jesus speaks an authoritative word and I receive it, that is not something that requires extra authorization from a ritual ordinance. So, I mean, I, I'm summarizing this, but we, we launched off from those series of questions to talking about how Christians have everything we need for eternal life and for a relationship with Christ and for a faithful Christian, obedient life uh, with the words of God, with the, with the deposit of faith, as it were, in the, the Bible. Uh, he said he personally believed that non-Mormons, I was asking him about this, uh, do do any people outside of the LDS church, apart from having legitimate Mormon baptism by proper priesthood authority, do any of these people have remission of sins? This has been a, a good question I've tried to ask a lot on the street. If If it's super important to have Mormon baptism, if it's super important to have baptism under the priesthood authority of the LDS church for the remission of sins, do you consequently think that an improper baptism could bring remission of sins or that I could achieve or receive forgiveness of sins independent of Latter-day Saint baptism. So do you think that people outside of the LDS church can receive a complete remission of sins apart from receiving baptism under LDS priesthood authority? And Noah said he personally believed that non-Mormons could have the complete forgiveness of sins apart from any proper baptism, which I, I don't think is consistent with what the LDS Church teaches or what you'll read in Gospel Principles. But he did say... Which is a church manual. Uh, yeah, Gospel Principles is a manual the LDS Church uses to teach doctrine internally. But Noah did say that he did not believe anybody outside the LDS Church could have the gift of the Holy Ghost. So hmm. I, I wonder if you Christians have, have thought about this. When we got saved, when we were brought into the faith, we received both the forgiveness of sins, justification, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. We received the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit 
This is a special benefit of believers under the new covenant. And uh, the same way, the same manner in which we receive forgiveness is the same manner in which we received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Galatians 3, did you receive the Spirit by works or by hearing with faith? So he explained that the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost, as they call it, came only by laying on of hands by proper LDS priesthood authority. So I encouraged him to study how Cornelius received the gift of the Spirit in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 45. If you look at that, as Cornelius and his family are listening to Peter preach the gospel, they believe, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then they're baptized. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just simply by hearing with faith. And this is exactly how Paul explains it in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2. We receive the Spirit by hearing with faith. That is the normative pattern. If there's any sort of abnormal pattern to this in the book of Acts or counterexamples, those are, those are abnormal examples. The normative and standard way the New Testament explains how we receive the gift of the Spirit is by hearing with faith, simply at the moment of first believing the gospel. As I was uh, talking to Noah, we had other BYU students passing by, and I got to talk to a young lady named Chelsea. I remember talking to her. She was very sweet. But what I remember is that we had another student uh, named Ben who really wanted to talk to us. What we've really enjoyed about being down in Provo is we've had students that have wanted to talk to us. They've actually approached us. They've gone out of their way to make sure they come around and... uh, try to have time to talk to us, whereas it's usually us trying to talk to them. And so I got to talk to Ben, and he said he had checked out the godlovesmormons.com website, and that he had watched a video on Moroni 818. And he had watched Bradley Campbell explain that Mormonism seems to have rejected Moroni chapter 8, verse 18, which says that God is unchangeable from all eternity to all eternity. So he asked me, of all people, what I thought about Moroni 818 and why I thought Mormons were in agreement with it. And uh, if I could summarize that in short, and these are just really clear, concrete examples of interactions with Latter-day Saints. I said, I'd be happy to, to talk about that. I'm actually the person who started the Moroni 818. Yes, early, you did. August, 8th, uh, August 18th, uh, we call it Moroni 818 Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we get believers in... Uh, well, to... before you go on with that, Aaron, we should explain why that's important, because... It is a teaching that seems very close to what we see in Psalm 90, verse 2, that God was always God from everlasting to everlasting. Joseph Smith, however, comes on the scene and says, we've imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. And then he proceeds to talk about a God who was once a man. 1830 Mormonism taught in accordance with historic Christianity that God had always been God. Mm -hmm. 1844 Mormonism and onward taught that God had to become a God in the past. And so we talked about Isaiah 40, verses 13 and 14, which is one of my new favorite passages to go to. It says that God never learned anything. And so if God never learned anything, he never had to become anything. Revelation 4, verse 8, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. He's worshiped not merely for who he is, but for he who he always was. We talked about how this contradicted, as you just said, what Joseph Smith taught in the King Follett Discourse and in another sermon subsequent to that called the Sermon in the Grove. 
Anyway, I hope I hope this blesses you. I hope it gives you some breadcrumbs and some nuggets uh, to to run with. In tomorrow's show, what I'd like to talk about is what was Noah's response to all this? Because it's one thing to share this with him, but how did this particular individual take what you had to say? And obviously, had some kind of response, and certainly bringing up these passages, as you say, God's word is never going to return void. How an individual Latter-day Saint responds to what we say is certainly very important because their response is going to help us generate our next question, our next probing question to find out where exactly they are in their whole thought processes and their whole theological worldview. So tomorrow we're going to continue listening to Aaron share some of the experiences that he has had down on the streets in Provo, Utah, near the Provo City Center Temple, and around Brigham Young University campus. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. But did you know you can also listen to past broadcasts at your convenience? Simply go to Mormonism Research Ministries website at mrm.org. Again, that's mrm.org and scroll down to the box that says listen to the podcast. Click here and you'll find links to past shows that cover a number of pertinent subjects. Feel free to download the shows to your favorite listening device. And by all means, please share them with your friends. Once again, that's mrm.org.